0: You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to The Engaging Missions Show, Episode 59 with Steve Van Dyke. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we discover God's glory in what He's doing around the world. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, church planters, and disciple-makers as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Welcome to the Engaging Missions show. The show notes for today's episode will be at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Van Dyke or slash 59 is in episode number 59. Now, before we get into the interview, I did want to give just a little bit of preview of kind of some of the stuff that we covered because today's interview, we covered some great stuff. As we talked to Steve, we talked about the process that God used to call him into full-time missions. He actually wasn't there. We also talked a little bit about uh, some challenges that he had, and he had some specific encouragement for people who think that maybe God is not able to use them anymore. It was really, really good. And then also we talked about one of the things that a lot of people don't think about in terms of challenges for missionaries. It's one of those things that Never really show up on the radar, but it's really, really hard. And it can actually be a little bit difficult for missionaries to even talk about. So we talked a little bit about that as well. He also shared a couple of really cool resources, uh, that I'd not heard of. So those are all linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Van Dyke. And with that, we'll get into this week's interview. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm really happy to have Steve Van Dyke on the line. Now, Steve didn't grow up in church. He was born in Michigan, grew up in Southern California, but then became a believer at age 20. And at that time, he was dating his wife, and they both became believers about the same time. They moved to the Nashville, Tennessee area in 1998 and joined Life Point Church in 99. Then, in 2007, they moved to India and began their missionary journey. More recently, God called them to Bangkok, Thailand in 2011. And that's just a little bit of their story. Okay, Steve, I've given just a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry so we can get to know you more personally.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, well, thanks for uh, inviting me and uh, allowing me to the privilege of uh, of contributing to this. I love talking missions, so uh, I'll make it a little less about myself and hopefully more about that. But uh, about me, I've uh, I've been married to my wife for twenty three years now. We have a, a, an anniversary coming up in a few days, so uh, excited about that. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, uh, we have two kids. Um, I've got a seventeen year old daughter who's about to graduate. Uh, high school and head off to college in the fall, and uh, and uh, my uh, we have a son who's 12 and uh, just finishing his first year of middle school this year, so uh, a whole lot of uh, crazy stuff going on in our personal life. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, since 2007, yeah, we've been living overseas as a missionary family, and uh, first in India, and in Bihar, India, uh, we served with the International Mission Board, and uh, actually we're under the leadership of uh, one of your guests a couple weeks ago, and that was David Garrison, so it was kind of oh, cool okay. to see. You. Uh, that I'm kind of following him. And almost when I saw him on, uh, on there and listened to him, I thought, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be on the show or not. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Dave, David's a great guy. And we learned a lot from him and his leadership and, um, um, but, uh, yeah. And then after two years there of, um, uh, training and equipping church planners, uh, we moved to, uh, we, God called us to Bangkok, Thailand. Um, and in 2011 we moved here as a part of our team sent out by LifePoint uh, life point church Smyrna and, um, uh, we've been here ever since, so we're starting our fifth year uh, here, in, uh, as part of this church plant here, and uh, our vision and goal is to, uh, as a church, is to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches among the Thai people uh, by you know pointing them to a Christ-centered life. That's that's been what we, our vision is the whole time um, uh, here, not to make it about Life Point Church, but to make it about equipping others um, uh, to, to, to reach, equipping the Thai people to reach their own people. Very cool.
0: And, you know, one of the things that happens on a show like this, I interview people from all over the world, and there are such a wide variety of missionary experiences, everything from people who live in what we might consider a first-world country, someplace where technology is kind of rampant, all the way to what you might think of as sort of the the remote African village, right? And there's yep. such a wide range. Could you share with us just a little bit about how life kind of works for you?
1: Uh, here in Bangkok? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we we try to beat the heat every day. Uh, it's hot all the time, and right now we're in the middle of summer, so we try and beat the heat. But Bangkok is a is a is a, a mega urban city. There's between 12 and 14 million people who live in this city, so it's just giant. Um, uh, there's there's subways, there's taxis, there's buses, there's people out on the streets all the time. Um, so there's a lot of interaction uh, with people, um, and uh, you know Thailand is a, a is really to the, the Thai people uh, don't speak much English. Uh, the ones that do have had a lot of education, uh, with, uh, with native English speakers. And, um, that's a, v- a very felt need here, a very physical felt need that they want to be part of the international community by learning English. So we bring that with us, uh, as, as missionaries as not just English speakers as missionaries and as followers of Christ. And that gives us a great opportunity to build relationships, um, uh, with the local people uh, because they want to learn English and and, and we get to tell them uh, our testimonies we get to share biblical uh, uh, story Bible stories with them in English and explain them so it's a great opportunity um, the Thai people are very happy and very very friendly most of the time and. Um, uh, so that gives us a, a, a great opportunity. They want to build, they want relationships, especially with foreigners. Uh, so God's made that uh, possible for us to, to be able to share um, our lives with them and uh, share the gospel with them.
0: All right, very cool. Now, as we get into the interview, I usually like to start off with something that helps us kind of understand the mindset or your approach to ministry. And what I like to hear about is uh, maybe a, a key scripture or some kind of quote that kind of forms the foundation for how you approach your life as a missionary. Is there one that you could share with us and then share with us how that shapes your behavior?
1: I've actually got two, if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah, the first one is in the Old Testament. It's uh, the prophet Habakkuk, and it's uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 14. Um, This is what's in my heart a lot. It should be in the heart of a lot of people um, who are on the mission field, but uh, that scripture says, uh, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Uh, This is God's purpose, uh, and it has to be our purpose uh, that we spread the knowledge of God's glory as the waters cover the seas. And, And that's a big purpose and a big end vision, um, but but we can compartmentalize that a little bit and make it a little bit smaller. And uh, uh, we challenged our church planners that we train in India. We challenged our disciples here in Thailand that. That to pray that prayer not just to pray it over the whole earth but to pray it over maybe your neighborhood uh, that God's glory would uh, cover uh, the knowledge of God's glory would cover your neighborhood uh, as the waters cover the sea or uh, just your city or uh, people back in the states uh, I can say um, you know your workplace that, that the knowledge of God's glory would cover your workplace your school so we can pray that um, and and whenever I see a map I like to have maps up so I can look at places and and see where I'm going maybe and, and, and if you, I would challenge anybody who's wants to pray for a nation to put the map of that nation or the city uh, that they're praying for and write that scripture over that so you can always be mindful of, uh, of God's purpose that he wants to spread his glory over the earth and, and those places um, that you pray for so it just kind of keeps me focused to remember that um, and the second one really kind of plays into it also, it's in the New Testament uh, I love reading about Paul and uh, his journeys and his uh, his pattern that he played, that he set in place for us to follow, as far, as far as discipleship and church planning. and that's when uh, he was speaking to. Uh, he wrote a letter to, to Timothy. It's the second letter uh, that he wrote to Timothy, and it's Second Timothy two two, um, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust a faithful man who will also be able to teach others also. Uh, as followers of Christ, we really have a responsibility to pass on the knowledge that we've been entrusted with. Uh, we're to be the quippers of the next generation of believers um, to equip others. Uh, I truly we're taught that we must turn around and uh, and teach others for me I was blessed to be equipped to do that and to go into the mission field among other people and do that um, uh, and I do that everywhere I go and that's how we're able to um, we, we'll be able to uh, see the knowledge of God's glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea if we are continually equipping, discipling the next generation and not just that but Teaching the next generation to teach that next generation beyond them, uh, and multiply ourselves. It's the only way that uh, that that we will see God's glory cover uh, the earth as the waters cover the sea. And Paul really said this. Is a couple more scriptures in uh, that at the end of his letter to Romans, uh, where he said, um, I think it was uh, Romans 15:19, where he says, uh, <clears throat> from Illyricum, Jerusalem to Illyricum, he. F- he filled his ministry the gospel of Christ uh, and then later on in verse 23 He has no place left to work uh, in these regions. That's amazing statements to make that uh, out of a million, millions of people in that area, he was able to fulfill his ministry in there. And he didn't do it himself. He equipped others in those areas and multiplied himself out. So that's a great pattern for us to to remember. And and that's how we'll see God's glory cover the earth or the place that you're ministering to or working in or learning in uh, uh, to pray over that and to equip others to equip others that God's glory cover uh, those places as the waters cover the sea so I keep that uh, uh, always in my mind that I always look for an opportunity to, to do that and, and to cast that vision uh, to, to, to everybody I can
0: oh, that's great you know as you're sharing those scriptures and your approach it kind of makes me I get the sense that the ministry model you tend to follow is kind of a, a church planting multiplication type model is that is that accurate?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, that's Paul's model. And uh, I love reading that. And that's what we taught in India. It's a, it's a, it's a great model to teach us better than any other earthly you know, model that we see out there. Um, you know, it's in the, it's, it's, it's in scripture. So it's, it's really, it's, it's much a better foundation uh, to have that rather than, you know, some of the other things that we've tried to do uh, as far as ministry okay. goes.
0: Okay, good. And, you know, I just realized I probably used a little bit of jargon and maybe not everybody knows what a church planting model. Multi- multiplication model is could you share with us just kind of the the overview of how how that works and maybe a little bit of how it might be different from how we sometimes think of missions
1: yeah we usually well first thing is a church i mean the church uh a lot of people have in their mind that the church is a building and uh and scripture says that the church is the uh, body of believers it's the people so uh, uh we really don't need a building it's just uh you know covers from the sun and the rain and things like that and uh to have a place to meet a meeting point but uh we, we Part of the church planning model is to teach those foundational things uh, uh, in a grassroots kind of campaign I know I'm using a lot of jargon here too but uh, to, to, from the ground up a um, uh, church planning um mirrors a lot of uh, farming or or seed planting seed sowing which is why Jesus used a lot of uh, farming uh, parables and analogies in his teachings um, and uh, you know planting a seed uh, is like planting a church you know you plant from the ground uh, God prepares the, the earth and um, you know then his, the seed is planted in the gospel and then uh, he makes the growth happen so if you kind of mirror that a little bit from what scripture says you see a, a church planting movement and then you see the fruit uh, after that church has grown up the fruit uh carries the seed to another place and uh you see that fruit multiply in different places and different uh churches uh grow up and multiply and again cover the earth i know i use that a lot but
0: <laughs> yeah no that that's good and that was a that was a really good summary that's way better than i could have done so thank you for sharing that <laughs> As we get into this interview, one of the things I do like to start off with as as we get into the stories is a time when you faced a challenge because it seems like so so often in life we can look around and we get what... I kind of call the Facebook effect. It looks like everybody else's life is a highlight reel of some wonderful movie. It's all puppies and kittens and unicorns, but our own lives don't necessarily look that way. And I know that's not reality. So I like to start off with those challenges because not only does it help us connect with a real person in a way that's sort of not um, promotional, but it also maybe offers some insight into going through a challenge and maybe an insight into how to get through a challenge right now. So could you share Share one of those with us, a time when you faced a challenge, and then what God did in that time.
1: Yeah, actually, it's um, um, from uh, my wife Tiffany and I's marriage. Um, and uh, it was before we got to the mission field. Uh, so uh, many years ago, we had a, a time in our marriage where we were on the ropes, and um, we uh, we both had individual failure. Uh, uh, every marriage kind of goes through those, those, those spots here and there. Um, but uh, both of us had uh, a family history of uh, divorce, you know, uh, parents, cousins, um, you know, brother, sister, you know, things like that in our family, so we were kind of following that pattern, uh, believing the lie that uh, that we want to be happy, we want to be, um, uh, we, we can be happy and separate and, and divorced and just like everybody else, but uh, uh, we were surrounded by a church um, uh, and church leadership that didn't give up on us because God didn't give up on us, and, um, uh, you know, God's bigger than any problems you can face in your life, you know, and trust me, uh, ours was big, and, um, you know, um, he, he, he's bigger than any problem. Problem in your life, your marriage, your spiritual walk even. Uh, so, uh, God restored our marriage, but not not for us. He, he restored us uh, for exactly the purpose that we're fulfilling right now, and that's to be His witnesses to the end of the earth. And uh, if, if we had given up on us, we would be missing out on a, a great opportunity and an incredible life that we're leading now. It's not all perfect still, um, but uh, we're, we're just, it's a great, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, really. And um, I, I pray Praise God for redeeming us. And, uh, you know, when uh, the application for anybody else in that is, you know, when you think your failure is too big and you're not qualified uh, to be used by God, uh, don't believe that. That's a lie. That's the, that's what the enemy wants. He wants to keep you down. Um uh, God's got greater plans for you And if you trust him uh, He'll use you for great things And for his glory uh, We saw that with Peter Peter denied Christ three times uh, God restored him And Peter did great things for the church Paul the same thing uh, He dragged Christians out of homes And probably tortured them And, and killed them But uh, God used him for great things. So through failures, I think God uh, uh, can can bring glory to himself uh, um, by redeeming those uh, that has failed. So don't give up on yourself. Uh, don't give up on God. God can use you for anything.
0: Wow, that is amazing. There's Not only is there a special place in my heart for restored marriages and knowing that God can do that kind of thing, but... You're dropping just value all over the place. I mean, I'm I'm taking notes as you're talking and I can't type fast (laughs) enough to keep up with all the stuff that you're sharing about God being bigger and uh, thinking, you know, the the lie that your your failure is too big. Right. Because those are the kinds of things that we hear, you know. we, we have this temptation and whether we succumb to the temptation or not one way or the other the enemy tries to come at us with either some form of pride or some form of condemnation exactly. and, and it's just powerful to hear somebody talk about that I, I do need to get off my soapbox though because this isn't my <laughs> interview this is yours so I would like to go on to the, to the next question which is about the aha moment this is the time when God whether over a period of time or maybe in a a moment revealed something to you. What we'd like to hear is that what that time was in your life, and then what God revealed to you, and what it's doing in your life now.
1: Yeah, um, actually, that comes to the next point in our life was when uh, God called us to missions. Uh, I was. Um, you know we were just living the life and our God had restored our marriage and we were going through uh, the church thing and um, being leaders in the church small group and uh, uh, teaching Sunday school and things like that just being part of the church and, and going along with life and um, and then our church took a trip to India um, first time I've never been on a mission trip in my life I've been asked to but I never went uh, but this one grabbed my heart for some reason um, uh, and uh, my wife my loving wife uh, she sat next to me and I know and I said man I, I really think that uh, I listen to these stories about India I, I think I need to go check that out and it's uh, uh, as, as encouraging as she, as she can be she she looked at me and she said why India why not go somewhere closer you know why go halfway around the world on your first mission trip <laughs> yeah and uh, so you know and I was thinking the same thing so it wasn't you know it wasn't a bad thing what she was saying it kind of confirmed uh, but uh, but I wouldn't God would let it go and I kept bringing it up bringing it up uh, well I, I finally uh, you know you know, I, I talk with leadership, and they um, they encourage me to be obedient and go and um and so I went on the trip, changed my life, uh, changed my life even more. Um, I, I dove into scripture and, uh, um, I, I prayed more. Uh, but what I didn't know is my wife was praying as well. And she'd been praying for me to step up as, as far as a spiritual leader. I don't think she expected me to take that big of a step, but, uh, <laughs> uh, when I came back from that trip, you know, everything was changed. Everything seemed meaningless to me, my job, uh, my, uh, our house, our car, everything that we had seemed meaningless, uh, in comparison to the great harvest that uh, God had showed me was possible in India and um, so I prayed, I dove into scripture seeking answers and wrestled with God and um, uh, after about two months uh, we had uh, uh, my wife and I were had gone to meet one of the Indian pastors had come to our church uh, uh, to, to speak and uh, we spoke with them and everything and on the way home from that uh, I thought this is a moment this is what I'm going to tell her that we're moving to India as missionaries uh, but I didn't know how to say it I had no idea uh, but she um, she stepped up and she just said you know what um, if, if God calls us to India I'll follow wherever we we need to go and uh, you know after I said uh, uh you know, I was driving the car as soon as I set out that long sigh uh, and try to get control of the car again. Uh, you know, I, I told her, I said, uh, "Then, then we need to move to India because I think that's where God's calling us." Uh, and from there on, that was our aha moment, and, uh, and we said it, uh, and then God took over from there and led us to India, and totally unprepared, totally unequipped, um, un- underqualified, but God is a great on-the-job trainer. I believe I'm, I'm prime example of that, and. Uh, 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 he showed us so many things in India and uh, prepared us for the next place, um, and so, so that was a, that was one of our that was one of them. Uh, there's been many over the years, but uh, uh, but that was one of our greatest ones right there.
0: Man, it's just so encouraging to hear you talk about god's interaction in your lives and the reality of that i I can almost see you sitting in the car driving and trying not to swerve off the road that's that's great with that i would like to go ahead though and move to your current ministry maybe what i what i'd like to hear is maybe something that's going on currently or maybe something that you see coming in the future that's really got you excited
1: uh, yeah, um, what we've been doing, of course, like I said, the last uh, few years here is a church plant. Uh, we want to be a sending center, a sending church here also, uh, and uh, we want to be able to be equipping uh, the Thai people uh, to go and plant churches, to start, start small groups that will lead to planting churches, uh, multiplication around the city, um, and uh, uh, when we came here um, to this area of Bangkok uh, that we're at right now where we have this church, um, locally there's a there's a, there's an international college. Uh, it's within walking distance, so we have uh, great access to students um, uh, locally. We've got there's a lot of work, uh, a lot of businesses around here um, that we're able to, um, to to build relationships with the people. And um, and also there's a community not too far from here, which we call, I guess in America we would call a slum community, but I, I hesitate to call it that. But we call a low income uh, community. It's government-owned land, so the people very little rent um, but it, it's kind of this giant community a uh, tight-knit community within the city of Bangkok uh, there's about 12,000 people uh, living within this little community there's 10 five-story buildings um, so uh, if you can picture that in your mind it's it's very tight-knit it's very um, it's it's not closed you can go in and out of it people work in and out of it but uh, um, but it's not you know it's not very rich there's there's all kinds of uh, things going on there if you ask people around Bangkok and this place they'll say is probably one of the roughest neighborhoods and um, uh, areas to go in Bangkok so God put us right in the right place I guess um but, uh, you know, there's, there's gang activity, there's drugs, there's, uh, you know, there, there's uh, parent, there's orphan kids there that are living with friends or other relatives because their parents are in jail. Uh, so there's a huge ministry opportunity that God plopped us right down next to. Um, and uh, so we've been ministering in that community um, uh, for the last three years. And, and from the moment I walked into that community and was praying and uh, uh, searching for purpose, persons of peace uh i knew uh, from my experience in india that god sent us here uh not to invite people to our church uh, but to plant a church in that community there's twelve thousand people there why not and uh and that's what our goal has been is to is to find persons of peace to minister there for the long term uh to gain the trust and build a relationship with the leadership and the the people that community and and share christ and 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 really, uh, see a church plan within there. Um, it's going to take longer than we think, you know, we wanted to, to start tomorrow and have, you know, uh, 50 to a hundred believers, but you know, we've started with just, uh, just a few, we finally found a few believers, uh, in there and we've been discipling them and encouraging them. Uh, one lady there, uh, uh she's been a believer for eight years and she's been trying to witness to her neighbors who are all Buddhist. Um, and strong Buddhists, and uh, she, they just kind of, uh, they just kind of shoo her away and say, "No, we don't believe that." And um, so she's been a little bit discouraged. And uh, when we got there and, and introduced ourselves to her and found her, and uh, she said. Uh, you guys are the answering my prayer. I've been praying for someone to come help us. Uh, come help me witness to people and share Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, God brought to me, you know, exactly what he did. He sent out people two by two, and she was trying to do it alone. And I said, well, we we can be your second. You know, we can partner with you and help you. And we've been doing that ever since. She speaks perfect English. So again, uh, that's a Thai person that speaks English and Thai who, who we can share and teach, and she can teach the folks that are Thai and uh, so, so I've been meeting with them uh, with uh, with this small group, uh, along with one of our tie leaders from our church, and we've been teaching them foundational, um, uh, you know, foundational theological things, very simple things, and. and um, uh, basic uh, uh, theology and also church formation—you know, healthy church formation—because we've cast a vision to them, uh, these believers in here, that we want the group that we're meeting together uh, to become that church and to and to be worshiping one day um, uh, in that place, and 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 God will be adding to the numbers of that place one day, uh, the people that believe in Him. So that's my that that's what's going on right now we're excited to be there we teach some english there we do kids ministry and we also do that small group Uh, so we've been in that community for a while and and that's uh my my vision and god's vision for that is obviously for for that church to grow in that community and for many people to come to know him and, and and know salvation
0: Wow. As you were sharing that, I I just, I want to share with you one of the things that was going through my head. And I think that God's revealing something to me that maybe I still think of myself as the great American hope a little bit, because as you're sharing that, I'm going, wow, what a huge opportunity. What, what? You know, but where do you start? And then you answered it. You start with the persons of peace because it's it's all about entering into what God's already doing, and that that just meant a lot to me. You and you also reminded me because of the Buddhists. Um, one of my former guests, uh, Jay Judson, was talking about some some years that he spent in Myanmar and some of the challenges he had there. He said that. Uh, typically the Buddhists are harder to win over than uh, someone who's in Islam or a Jew or something like that. So you definitely have your work cut out there for you, I think.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, uh, Thailand is a Buddhist nation. There's some Muslims, but ninety—we say not between ninety-five and ninety-seven percent are Buddhist, and uh, uh, a lot are cultural Buddhists, like a lot of cultural Christians. They they just go through the motions. They don't really know what they believe, but they do know that they are Thai. Uh, their identity uh, as a Thai person is in their Buddhism.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things about this show is that most of the people who listen are here in the U.S. You know, I, I have a few missionaries who, who listen, but primarily I can tell by the downloads that most people live here. And I know from talking to some of them that most of them are called into the marketplace. And one of the things I find can happen is that it can feel like there's two separate groups of Christians, that there's the ones who are in the workplace and there are the ones that to be frank, sometimes it feels like do God's work, and I, we we know that that's not really the case. But what would you share with someone who is called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in the kingdom really matters?
1: Yeah, just encourage them to know that God's got you in the place where He wants you right now. Uh, you know, and continue. And, and if you think that, you can. Be intentional about why you're there. Uh and that's to share your life with folks around you. Uh each and every day, you know, you're you're living life together. You're spending eight hours a day in the marketplace or in the workplace with folks. Um, and uh, you know, uh, You know, you're there. You exist to glorify God wherever you are, Um, and uh, share Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the ones around you. And uh, you know, uh, as Paul says, or I think it's Peter, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you, because people are going to see that. Um, It's not always easy to do. It's not really easy to do on the mission field either. Either. So, uh, uh, but uh, if it was easy, you wouldn't be there. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, God wants to use you, and just as long as you remember that. It could be intentional every day about uh, being ready to share uh, your life with the, with the folks and uh, the hope of salvation that Jesus offers. All
0: right. And kind of the follow-up for that is, you know, most of the people that listen to the show are connected to missionaries. Uh, a lot of them care deeply about missions. What would you tell someone if they were looking, if they're already supporting a missionary, they're already praying for him and giving some money, but they're looking for a way to sort of level up their game? What's one thing they could do to further encourage or support a missionary?
1: Uh, it, I would say if you have the means, uh, go visit your missionary uh, if you can. If they're in a if they're in a country that it, you know, you're easy easier to get into. Like Bangkok, you can come in and out of it's a tourist country. Uh, so we encourage anybody, any of our supporters, if you can, hey, we'd love to host you for a little bit. Uh, come to come, stay with us, and come see what we do on a daily basis, and really jump in uh, both feet. And then uh, you know, sometimes when you're paying, uh, you know, you're paying your support and you're praying, you, you kind of but you kind of feel like you got to stay out of the way after that you know and uh but but we encourage everybody hey come and get involved if you want to come and lead a mission team uh to, to come visit uh, your missionary we love to have folks mit- uh, you know meet up with us and come walk alongside us see what we do and um uh and then they can be encouraged and uh, you know a uh, challenge to go back and do the same thing uh that you know not just you know support a missionary but be a missionary in their community as well
0: Oh, that's good. Thanks so much for sharing that, Steve. With that, it is time for us to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you some quick questions and you come back with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan?
1: <laughs> I don't know about amazing. We'll see. But yeah, that's good.
0: What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out?
1: Uh, reverse culture shock. Uh, and if you know what that means, uh, you know, we, we, we're expected to hit culture shock when we go into. A, a, a... A country that we're ministering to, but coming back off the field after two years, um, uh, it's rougher than you think. Uh, you got to kind of, even if you're on furlough for a couple of weeks, you know, everybody's life has gone on for the last two years or however long you've been gone, uh, but it's almost like you've gone ahead in the time warp two years and everything's changed. You know, so maybe you've lost some family members, which we had, uh, you know, some, some families have, uh, uh, you know, gotten divorced. Uh, you know, kids have grown up and you miss that and, uh, and that's, that's rough and it was rough on us, I wish we knew about it because it really kind of hit us hard when we came back, you know, my, my, my grandfather passed away when we were in India and when we came back, uh, he wasn't at the door to greet me when we were you know, when we usually go to visit him and uh, you know, that hit uh, my wife and I very hard uh, so, so that's one thing that definitely, reverse culture shock is, is very real uh, and, and it's something to, to need to prepare for
0: Looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently?
1: Uh, Gotten into missions a lot earlier in life. You know, we were 36 years old when we moved to India. So, yeah, a lot earlier would have been a lot better. It's all God's timing, though. So, um, so we're good with it.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Uh, Always be obedient to God's call. That's good. (laughs)
0: yeah i can't really follow that one up can you can you you share one of your personal habits maybe something that you do that you believe contributes to what god's done in your life
1: yeah uh when i got to when we got on the mission field we never i never read like read through the bible uh all the way before i've read stories and scriptures and stuff like that but i got into a habit of consistent bible reading uh just by watching my mentors uh but but And not even really study, but just consistent by getting in the Word, like three chapters a day or whatever that was or or, or however that was. But that really helped me to know the Bible more. Um, The Bible doesn't really, you know, you read the Bible, it doesn't come back void. You you always get something out of it no matter what. So I would encourage everybody, continuous, consistent uh, getting into Scripture.
0: Do you have an Internet resource, maybe something that you use regularly that you could share with our listeners?
1: Yeah it's um I, I love uh, um, a website called ebible.com um. It's uh, it, it's not only a Bible resource, but they also um, there's a, a, a form of questions that they send out. If you sign up for the email, uh, they they send them out every day, like different questions that that regular people ask, and then uh, some of the people actually answer uh, the questions, and then there's a discussion. Um, it, it's good for me because sometimes I go on there and I, I and I want to know how to answer a question that someone's asked me. It's good for folks to go on there if they've got seekers around them in their neighborhood or. in in their, uh, in their workplace that, that, uh, you know, maybe somebody's asked that question that you've got an answer that you can possibly help them to understand. So ebible.com. I love to get on there and read the answers and the questions, and maybe even try to answer a couple of questions here and there. So it's a good one.
0: Oh, that's great. I'd never even heard of that one before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's one book that you would recommend for our listeners?
1: Uh, Again, uh, going back to reading about Paul and the New Testament and and church planning and things, um, uh, there's a book by Frank Viola uh, called uh, The Untold Story of the New Testament Church. Um, And it really gives a good textual look and historical look at uh, how Paul, uh, how the new, the new church started, um, it, it makes you stop and, and it reads, uh, it gives a good historical context to where places were, for instance, in, in Galatia it was the first church that, that, that Paul had planted and written a letter to, and uh, then it has you stop and read the book of Galatians, so it's actually a good Bible study resource.
0: Wow, that's, that's interesting. I'd also not heard of that one. For those who are listening, if you're driving to work or working out or whatever, as always, these will, all these resources we're talking about, they'll be linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Van Dyke. So it should be nice and easy to remember. That's Steve Van Dyke. Now, Steve. We've got just a few minutes left, and we're going to go just a little bit deeper with the last couple of questions. What I'd like to do is focus a little bit more on some some of your perspective and some ministry advice, if that's all right. Sure. What would you tell somebody who's living in the U.S. or in North America, and they look around, and they start to realize that their neighbors, their co-workers, the people they see at the grocery store are from other cultures, and particularly cultures that would seem opposed to the gospel and we might the places we might have sent missionaries just a few years ago?
1: Uh- I would definitely say, don't we be afraid to approach folks that, that look different or of different culture. Uh, They—they're really a lot of them are just in the—you know—been in the country for one, two years, are still trying to figure everything out. And uh, if you go to them, um, uh, learn from them. If they're in your neighborhood, you know—you um, know—invite uh, them to things. They might not come at first, but uh, you've opened the door and. Uh, the, most likely, they'll probably invite you to something, and and don't be hesitant to go to what they're doing, no matter what it is. You know, uh, if you're if you're strong enough in Christ, and um, even if it's like a worship ceremony for 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 what they worship, Buddhism or something like that, go there and just pray through it. Um, but but if you go to what they invite you to, um, they'll be more open to come and, and, and go to what you're inviting them to, and you can invite them to to church or even a Bible study, small group, something like that.
0: Okay. What's one thing well, actually, you know you've already kind of answered this, but I'll go ahead and ask it because maybe there's something else. So what's one thing that someone could do if they wanted to be able to start ministering, building relationship and sharing the love of Christ with one of these neighbors or coworkers?
1: Yeah, just get to know them as best you can. Build a relationship. It's all about relationship building. We've learned that as we've been here in Thailand, um, that you gain that trust. Um, uh, and from the very beginning, you share with them what you believe. Um, not not just coming out and sharing the gospel, but just say, Hey, I, I believe I believe in Jesus, or I'm a Christian. Uh, what do you believe? You know, ask questions and get to know them. Um, you know, but also let people let people see you. Uh, get out in the neighborhood more. We have a tendency. I remember back in America, we we gotten in this habit of, you know, driving into our garage or just close the garage and just go into the house, um, and not getting out a whole lot, but, uh, being on this side of it and seeing the opportunities that could be back in the States, uh, uh, you know, get out in your neighborhood and get to know folks, um, uh, and especially those that, uh, that you know, that are a different culture, um, uh, because they're, they, they not only need the help maybe of the culture, but, uh, they, they might need Christ, and uh, if, if you're the one that's able to share Christ with them, uh, what a great opportunity that is and great privilege that God's put you in that place uh, to build that relationship.
0: You know, it's interesting to me that you mentioned sharing what you believe in the beginning. And you're not the first person that's mentioned this, but as I I see it come back time and time again, I keep thinking about what I think is kind of a cultural thing where as believers, I think sometimes we're afraid that if we share what we believe with people, we might offend them and lose an opportunity to share the gospel. But I'm not sure that's the case. Has that been your experience that sharing up front what you believe actually maybe opens a door as opposed to closing it?
1: Sure, sure. I, I could close it too, but uh, oh, sure. you know, even if you're even if you're able to share the gospel, you know, uh, we have to remember that the gospel is offensive. Uh, it's offensive to all of us because we're in sin, and uh, it convicts us of our sin. Uh, we learned that in India too. Uh, you know, we we listened to what folks believed about Hinduism, and then wanted to share about Jesus, uh, and we got shut down a lot, like right away, and said, so "We don't believe in that," and that's the end. So you know, even the even the name Jesus can be um, you know offensive to people. It was back in the Bible, um, so you know not. You know Jesus was offensive to the Pharisees, and uh, uh, we have to remember that and not be afraid of that. But uh, just you know, building a relationship and sharing, you know, who you are, what you believe, then then it doesn't come as a surprise later on. You know, after you've been building a relationship and they see your life, and then all of a sudden, hey, by the way, I'm a Christian. Uh, uh, well, why didn't you tell me that before? You know, you've been hiding that from me or something like. So, so don't do that. You know, just just be upfront. Just hey, I'm a Christian. You know, you know. It doesn't Heard anything you know and if it does you know it's not you know god hasn't softened that relationship yet and um, it, it'll just take time so all
0: right now steve we're just about done what i'd like to do is maybe get one last piece of advice and then we'll get uh, maybe the best way for somebody to connect with you and then we'll say goodbye
1: sure yeah last thing uh um Yeah, I would just say, uh, uh, again, just don't be afraid for God to use you. And it can be a pretty scary thing um, to to realize, hey, God might be calling me on a mission trip. God might be calling me uh, to live as a missionary. Don't be afraid uh, to be obedient to God. Uh, If he's prepared you for something he's going to see you through it he's going to see you there he's going to see you through it uh and you your trust needs to come from from god the whole way if you if you profess to believe in christ um uh, he wants to use you for that and to glorify him so um again that can be scary but uh, uh don't worry about being scared about that just just be obedient and trust in god
0: okay and if somebody wanted to connect with you is there a way that they could do that
1: yeah, the best way is, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook all the time. You know, people are, uh, back home aren't on Facebook a whole lot, but when you're overseas, you've got to stay connected. So uh, we, we build, we keep relationships open with our parents and with friends through Facebook for sure. Um, I, I, I'm on Twitter, uh, but I don't tweet a whole lot, so sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll retweet. But uh, Facebook, uh, we have email. Um, I give you that uh, if you want. And okay. if you want to sign up for our newsletter, we do a, a monthly newsletter newsletter uh to let everybody know updates and things like that what's going on with us
0: yeah you know if you don't, if you don't mind maybe could you send me the link so people can sign up to that newsletter and i'll put that right in the show notes i sure can yeah that'd be great now steve thanks so much for being with us i really appreciate the time and everything that you brought today
1: yeah thank you it's just, again a great privilege to be able to share about um, uh, god's glory and god's mission uh for everybody
0: wow thanks I so enjoyed getting to connect with and to meet Steve over Skype. I actually had never even heard of him until John Key, one of the former guests of the show, suggested that I connect with him. And man, this was great. I would absolutely suggest that if you're interested in connecting with Steve and finding out more about what's going on in Thailand and in their family and ministry, that you go ahead and subscribe to their newsletter. As I mentioned before, everything's linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Steve Van Dyke. Thanks for listening to The Engaging Missions Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting EngagingMissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes by visiting EngagingMissions.com slash iTunes. Audio editing for this program was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studios. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.